On the parade, a bonfire sits abandoned. It's a larger-than-life wicker effigy looking forlornly into the window of the pie shop. Everyone has gathered at the big window on the observation deck. All the kids run around excitedly carrying sticky treats from a nearby food stall while parents carry little ones on their shoulders. Others are transfixed by the magnificent light show outside. Bright colours arc across the sky and explode in a myriad of shades, scattering glittering confetti pieces to catch the red light from the Proxima and reflect it like the flames from a thousand fires. The sound simulation system provides the whooshes, pops and bangs to accompany the visuals. At the temporary bar, a sing-song breaks out. The revellers aren't particularly good, but they make up for what with with enthusiasm, belting out songs with gusto. Who is out on day release from the Houghton Correctional Facility? In the midst of this comes a huge pyrotechnic finale, a, tra a trail of light scores, the blackness of space, and after a brief pause, erupts into some series of explosions so bright the automatic filters kick in. The accompanying sound effects test the new while nearly new sound system to its limits. As everyone stands dumbfounded and bleeding from the ears, a shape approaches the glass at speed. It takes on a human form and the locals can make out his terrified features just as he hits the window full on, throws up copiously in his helmet and slides off up the slide of the station with an awkward screeching noise. Well, that's it then. The latest pirate attack has been thwarted and everyone starts to drift off trying to remember what they were doing before. Of course, it's bonfire night. In Studio 5, Com rings and eventually goes to the answering machine. A voice sounding very little and very lost says, I'm not sure what happened. I'm in some kind of giant laundry basket and I'm a bit stuck. I can hear voices so I think the locals are coming to set me free. In the meantime, our mics are live. Good evening, I'm Wilma Fingerdoo and I have a sausage on a stick. Well, Technically, the sausage is inside a small child and I'm beating him with the stick, but the little toe rag shouldn't have stolen my hot dog. I'm Mia Harkness and I've been sent in to check there are no small animals hibernating inside the bonfire. Because I'm the only one who'll fit. I'm Juan Care and I've lit the blue touch paper before retiring to a safe distance. I've retired to West Britain just to be on the safe side. I'm Norma Snuckers and I've got a little sparkler. Oh, I could set the curtains on fire. <laughs> wow, that's really burning. Let's do the headlines before a fire warden chases us all out into the Apex Park. Roxy raging as Nocty looks okay. It's a good thing that Hardy is the fastest commander in the galaxy. 67, dude. Rabid ramblings from a dewdropping gun guzzler. 
Sal starts her new career in avian husbandry. Welcome to week 436 of the BGS. First this evening, we've received news from Major General Noctivagus that he's been involved in an incident. When we say involved, we mean witness to. And by witness to, we mean watched through his fingers whilst terror and horror unfolded. Major General Noctivagus, retired BTS hero and celebrated Huttonier, is known to act in his retirement as a liaison officer between Hutton and other squadrons. Last week, he was on secondment to Squadron Hide in Plain Sight, a group of ninja commanders who excel at blending into the background and under the command of one rogue Roxy, combat ninja and all-round good egg. They have been, they have been on a number of far-flung missions throughout the galaxy, testing exobiology upgrades to their ship systems in recent months and training AI companions Eli, Callisto and Astra to tell the difference between a Fonticulus and a Cactoida Pultanta, also known as the Nobly Space Loofer, when they came across a random apparently abandoned agridome with attached drinking establishment. The kind of place back in the Old West why you tie a horse up outside, push through the swing doors and see swarthy types playing cards, punching each other and occasionally bashing a chair over someone's head. But it was abandoned. Not a soul in sight. The sign by the undertaker was swinging in a non-existent breeze. Well, it was a tenuous atmosphere. And if their helmet audioscape started playing the noises of an Ennio Maricone classic western, it would have been. It would have. <laughs> the bioscanners were, however, picking up life forms in the nearby agridome, which appeared to still have power. So, being a long way from the bubble and the curious types that they are, they went to investigate. Glancing at the dome, it was attached at one side to a biological research station, but there was no sign of life. And breaching the airlock carefully by pushing the open the door button, no point breaking out the cutting tools, if not necessary, they made their way inside. On lifting their visors, the stink was heavy. Something lived here, something that had Spent a, good deal, spent a good deal of time munching its way through the plants and leaving sizeable deposits around the place. Glancing at these mighty mounds, it was clear that whoever lived here had brought a mammal with them of large size. Unshipping their weaponry and calling out, Is there anyone there? They made their way through the acridome and at the sight of a wrecked door through to the medical facility, gubbed a little, fired up the head torches and switched to the heavy weaponry. The sight that greeted them on entering the medical facility was unnerving. Over in one corner, all they could see, reflected in the light, were two beady eyes. Two beady eyes at head level. Then there was the angry snorting noise. 
whatever it was, had been helping itself to the medicine cabinets. The performance enhancers were all chewed up. The steroids and special jars of medicinal onion head were empty. The stimulants and combat enhancers were mostly definitely scoffed. There were, there were bodies, or the remains of bodies, scattered throughout the room. Sort of stepped on, punctured, squished kind of bodies. And then there was more snorting, and the beady eyes narrowed a little. It was at this point that the Major General covered his eyes, mainly as Roxy had turned her head torch while facing him. All he saw were blue dots. The noises that happened after will probably live with him for the rest of his life. Grunting, screaming, death-curdling war cries, the sounds of leaping, all that from Roxy. Howard leaped onto one of the tables, which had promptly collapsed. She had attempted to wrangle a rather randy roid rage space rhino and gone for the high ground. The rhino, as they do, had charged and not Stopping for the table, the wall, the medical cabinet had ploughed right on through. With enough presence of mind, Roxy had taken a tumble, whipped out her trusty rocket launcher and fired at the passing horny beast. Wild with all the chemicals it had consumed and furious it was locked indoors with nothing more to eat. As luck would have it, the rhino only mildly trampled Roxy, but her shot well, it's his passing creature, or we should say, the past creature, right in the posterior. Its eyes were wide. The rocket vanished. There was a noise on the, and the rampant raging monster was turned into more than a few very large, medium rare steaks. Nocty, glancing in horror at the scene, applied a number of medipacks to poor Roxy, who was actually quite chuffed at the accuracy of her shot. As if it hadn't just hit the rhino, just there would have probably have perforated the walls of the building. Unfortunately, it turns out that poor Roxy managed to shatter just about everything in the trampling and is seriously considered renaming her ship the Rapid Unscheduled Disassembly. Nothing a decent set of skeletal cyborg enhancements, a good set of painkillers and a few months of physio can't cure. Roxy maintains it had nothing to do with falling off the table and everything to do with the two-ton stumpy void rage rhino and four stumpy feet. Roxy can't comment as he is still seeing blue dots. We wish Roxy well and have suggested that the Major General take two pills from Nurse Wyeth and call her in the morning if he's still having nightmares about those rhino steaks. Buttons, a new trip to North but not as North as Northen. Last week was our usual refined evening affair filled with craft beers, belly rubs for Alvin, a few accidental ship to scenery docking incidents and of course the obligatory Muchas, muchas carne. That accompanies these things. It was the first time that Commander Hardy, the fastest pilot in the galaxy, well, the fastest at the Hutton run at least, had joined the Hutton crew, and in celebration, joined a number of the team for what's colloquially, colloquially what's generally known as a swift half or three at a little local watering hole after the main festivities, 
joining Cecil, there's a lot of joining going on, joining Cecil, who was in one of his gin benders, the kind where he uses gin as a mixer for his gin, then ditches the straw in preference for just quaffing the whole glass, Commander Hardy was thoroughly inducted into the Hutton way of doing an evening out. Their choice of Harrogate Zoo and Menagerie for their evening drinks may not have been the best choice though, as at some point, purely coincidentally given the wild animal story from our first article, they took a wrong turning, and instead of going into the bar alongside the wild cat pens, they went to the wrong side of the glass. It was at this point that one of the zoo's cookers decided that Cecil was just the kind of tasty morsel they'd been looking for, not known for their eyesight or common sense this breed, and made a beeline for the gin soap sort in the hopes of devouring him. Commander Hardy, however, with the kind of aplomb that one needs to be able to hold the Hutton record for so for a number of years, had his running shoes on. Seeing the approaching beast, he chucked Cecil over one shoulder and showed the local wildlife a clean pair of heels, and dropping some of his patented Elite Dangerous Baking Club special chocolate brownies in his wake to distract the approaching cougar. Slamming the door shut and breathing a sigh of relief, the two of them left the enclosure far behind, neglecting to save one of the poor locals, who was swiftly dragged back to her den and, presumably, devoured with extreme prejudice. Well, thanks to the Hutton North Britain but not as north as really North Britain, commanders for their company and for Commander Hardy for his swift actions in saving Cecil from a fate worse than death. Week 67 of Too Hot Too Messy saw commanders passing the 106,000 delivery mark. Numbers are still good with a bumper week of over 1,700 and the four-week average is now at a healthy 1,500 per week. The recent expansion started on Sunday and should come to an end in the next 24 hours, so head over to Alpha Centauri to take advantage of bumper Centauri Megagen production. One of the joys of Too Hot Too Messy is visiting the huge variety of planets in the bubble. And let's face it, most of the markets we're delivering to, and all of the new Odyssey settlements, are on a planetary surface. Long gone are the days of universal beige and grey, now we have variation beyond measure, colours, textures, exobiology and geological features, and that's without mentioning the atmospheres, blues, reds and greens. On approach, I often find myself thinking, wow, that's a real potato. Lovely, the settlements will be all nice and close together and almost no gravity. Or you end up with a monster planet where it's, whoa, big fella, whoa, on the way in, and your jetpack feels like it's just run out of oomph. Plenty of parking spaces at Hutton this week with green lights all the way in. That Braintree Arboretum on Pad 2 is looking like a distinct possibility. Uh, Hutton runs this week, we had Steve King, who was 2 minutes 13 seconds off Commander Hardy's pace. I think I spot an interdiction in there somewhere. And uh, Azirazervore? It's like Reservoir, Asivor, Asivor Dog. 4 minutes 20 seconds behind the record. This week we found one of Volcaris' messages in the comms inbox. How we get past the spam filter is a mystery, but since it's here, we'll read it out. Although, I must warn you that from my initial read-through, you may be experiencing some kind of delusional episode, or has begun experimenting with ways to get an echo dot to interpret Morris dancing and transcribe the results to an email. With limited success. 
Anyway, message begins. Just following up a bit with something more banterish than newish, while we were laying out the two-week plan at Taranis, Frontier was busy upcycling all the wrecked spires to make the others stronger. This gave us a wonky start last week and in response we've had to trim the Tyrannus border a little and extend the plan a week. Everyone's still adjusting to the new pace and huge thanks to the many more squadrons who are helping now. Anyone else who can do spire kills or titan pods as needed at Tyrannus this week has a head start then a big push next week will end it. The one year mark is soon, end of the month, and it'll make for great news if a Titan gets violently downcycled before that. On the side, I got something for Amelia. Alexandra dropped a video of a, of a full Titan mining run in the war thread. Take a look at, and there's a link which we'll post in the chat, it's 34 minutes from reaching the maelstrom to docking with a full hold. No edits. You can skip most of the actual mining once you get the idea. It just shows what we're trying to get people to do. If it's motivating, then that's great. If it's terrifying, then at least it saves making a Titan mining ship. But then Amelia wouldn't be the best miner in the galaxy. If the credits matter, it's about the same as low temperature diamonds and the Titan gets lasered in the face, technically correct, it's just a really big face. Video is already public, i.e. fine if you want to broadcast any, all of it, just as well since we've done that. I'm mostly just sending it here to pass on to Hutton's mining department. Commander Volcarius, message ends. Sal, pilot of the PWAF and adored favourite of Alvin, and many others, released a little news last week. She was hanging up her remlock, parking the PWAF, piloting no more. This has caused more than a little sadness across the galaxy, as Sally's patch notes every release day rival our own for their little snips of humour. The hints and tips for surviving patch day and of course her tireless attention to detail that means every commander exits patch day in a happier state than when they entered it, even if their ship is on fire. Their elite NPC left unable to hit a barn from the inside with a beam laser. Their SRV stuck upside down on a pink planet somewhere after a wheels-to-geyser incident. Hutton's roving reporting team did reach out to Sal as to what her new venture might be and had some surprising news. She's taken up avian husbandry, finding a perfectly pink planet with just the right climate and a mountain that looks surprisingly just like Mount Fuji. She's opened a chocobo farm. For those wondering what on earth or anywhere else in the galaxy a chocobo is, well, you're not alone. They don't exist. Well, they, they do, but only in digital form. They're a bird. A big bird. A big, colourful bird. And you can ride them. And you can also cook and eat them. Uh, they fly, only a little bit. Im imagine an ostrich had extra mar mar marital relations with a peacock and evolved somehow into some Pokemon-like paint shop explosion of feathers and colour. Uh, anyway, Sal likes them, especially the pink ones, and she's parked the PWAF on a small planet, set it up with an awning and a science lab, and decided she's going to do some bioengineering. She's going to bioengineer herself a real-life chocobo. A smattering of ostrich DNA, a little bit of bird of paradise, a smidge of flamingo, and a hearty dose peacock. 
That and a hearty dose of the island of Dr. Moreau, gene splicing and mad scientist. I mean, she's getting there. And if they get unruly, she's got a really big sword and a big oven. Anyway, we, we wish her well. Sally, it's been a joy. Don't be a stranger to Hutton. If you ever get a week off riding across pink landscapes from your kaleidoscopic chocobo, then do feel free to drop by for a glass of something and a chinwag. We'll miss you. But wholly support your decision to pursue your final fantasy out there in the galaxy. Press the wrong button there. Seamless. Yeah, completely seamless. Absolute <laughs> massive seam there. Press the wrong button. I apologise. Continue. So you're not going to bong me in? Yeah, here we go. Things could be described as peachy in Hutton Space this week, with six systems on Alvin's report and one needing truckly assistance. More on those stories coming up. Six hours ago, the wooden spoon was firmly in the grip of Hill Pass Psy on a lowly 28. But since then, with one twang of the BGS nigger elastic, the system jumped by six points, handing the baton of banality to Barnard Star, floundering on 32. Both systems of elections tying up a quarter of their influence. Stein 2051 dropped three points in the week to a lowly 35, and squabbling amongst four factions leaves only 6% of influence on the table. Ross 671 unexpectedly relinquished its grip on the wooden spoon, moving up 11 points in the week to 36, putting 20 points of daylight between Hutton and second place. Hard to move Epsilon India is on 37, it looks like Montgomery Python has almost single-handedly boosted 36 off Yuki by 10 points to end the week on 39. We have an outbreak of space lurking in Narensi, so ship medicines into the large pads at Yang Orbital. Approach over the ring planet, but look out for the noob habbers on the final approach. We did manage to be hopeless enough to retreat from... We didn't manage, I'm sorry. We didn't manage to be hopeless enough to retreat from LHS-3531, but we're giving it another go in Lord 26. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have just three of our systems above 60%, but one of them is on 84. Really, folks, come on, let's calm things down. We should reveal our latest new dump very soon. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, relieve the outbreak in Narensis. Now let's have what we just had. Seamless. Mm. It was all going too well and you just felt you had to add that in for a yeah. bit of authenticity, didn't I you? I know, it was, it was going so well. <laughs> yeah. You know, on the, the, the bongs of Big Ben are now mm. done live. Um... And I'm I'm quite getting used to them, and that that just made me think of it. You know. Oh, they do them live now. Where does where is this on the the BBC News? It's on the six o'clock news and the midnight news. Mm. Yeah. So the end of PM. Sort of. Oh, so Radio Four. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Are there other radio stations? I don't know. I'm not aware. No, but there's television. Well, it's number four, so that that denotes there yeah. should be at least. Well, yeah, three it others. took them it took them yeah, four times to get it right. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Have you seen Apollo 11? Well, not really. I didn't think there was any point because I hadn't seen Apollo 1, 2, 3. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, they sound... Sounds different, but sounds good. Okay. And you can hear the police sirens in the background if uh, <laughs> if they're going by in Westminster, yeah. they usually are. Pretty good. Latest um, MP being arrested. Um, do we have a live stream this week? No. I don't okay. know when the next one is. In fact, given the previous... Uh, not yes. previous... The, Previous, previous article. Yes, Will one of, the, one of the hosts is gone. Well, there's lots of them gone. So mm. Might be half on his own. I wonder if he'll get new hosts. I don't know. No. Mm, watch this so. space. I mean, maybe I can't talk because I never watch the live stream anyway. <laughs> maybe half will just get himself like a, a Gordon the Gopher style puppet. I think he should get like a blow-up assistant. Whoa! You know, like, like airplane or something <laughs> like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like a little yeah. autopilot. That would be quite funny. Yeah. He was called Otto, wasn't he? Was he? Otto. The autopilot Otto, was called O-T-T-O, yes. <laughs> right. yes. So there we go. So yeah. do we so, have space news? Space news! Quite a lot of space news this week. Um, first images from Euclid. Ooh. Yeah. Um, we talked about the ooh, when was it June or July? It was back in the summer when uh, when Euclid was launched. I remember talking about it at the time. Um, well, it's got to it's, uh, it's 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 actually at L two. It's out there at L two with James Webb and uh, Gaia. Oh, okay. Um, and the first images came through this week, and it's like holy moly. Um, yeah, because that's quite a wide camera, isn't it? Oh, it's a it's a it's going to map a third of the sky, and a single image. We we said at the time a single image from Euclid. You'll need, need like thirty, uh, sorry, three hundred thirty-two inch monitors to see a single image. Yeah. These things are massive, and it's in similar sort of obviously different spectrum, but it's in the sort of same sort of detail as James Webb and, and Hubble, um, but an enormous image. So that's yeah. that's pretty exciting, but mm. it has to be if you're going out there. Looking for something you can't see. Yeah. So. And I think it's doing what the um, dark matter and things. I try to work out how dark matter makes things yeah. happen without well, observing the, the dark matter. You can, yeah, yeah. You can only see it by its effects. But um, look at one of the images there, and it's got. I mean, it's just got galaxies that, everywhere. That one there. Yeah. There's one. And then it? you've got the you get purple swirly ones in the middle. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, might not be that one. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's next the Perseus, one. Perseus cluster. All mm. those dots around in that image are galaxies. About a hundred of those horsehead nebula. Um, yeah. But all those cluster. dots in that image are oh, galaxies. Got a globular not, cluster. The, the previous one in the uh, when it cycles around again. But there's about a thousand galaxies in um, that galaxy cluster. And that then, one, there's all the, all the spirally purple things. Yeah, I'll come around again. But um, there's about a hundred thousand galaxies in the in the mm -hmm. Perseus image, which is oh imagine imagine all those places How to many explore. Stars is that? Yeah, there's the Perseus image. That's it. That's yeah, it. all those things in the background are not stars; they're galaxies. That's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's all exciting. So we're looking forward to uh, seeing some more of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's and a Euro one? it's a European. Telescope out. Oh, yes, wow. it's European. It's European Space Agency. Yes. 
Uh, and the next one you might want to call Norris McButter. It's uh, NASA telescopes discover record-breaking black hole. Oh, this is um, uh, James Webb and Chander, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of them together seem wow. to be working to combine the the data, um, and they found this black hole. It's a it's, it's an old black hole, isn't it? Yeah, um, so it's, 400, it's, it's 470 million years after the Big Bang. So if you think about it, it's, it's like star formed. Star, yeah. very well. All the early stars are very big, of course, but to a, a mass enough to then go through its lifetime and then become a black hole in half yeah. a billion years. But I mean, it's got an image here of Shant. It was Shant in a hurry. Showing you the black hole, and then the James Webb Telescope showing you the black hole's host galaxy, and it's like, oh. Oh, you zoomed in that much? <laughs> mm. Yes. It's amazing to see what's in that. Um, there's a link here that says see full image, and I'm just going, is this going to be giant? Ah, it's not. It's actually, they've they've resized it. It looks sensible. I thought it was going to be one of those ones where you'd, you'd look at it and it'd just be gigantic. So if you download it, yeah, they've cut it down. It's only 2.6 meg. So... You're not getting the full effect of, of what they've actually got, but yeah, very interesting. And that's that's all I have to say about that. That means cool. push the button, Amelia. Sorry, next <laughs> one. <laughs> next one, next one is a uh, the next one is China's kindergarten field trip to the stars. So China sending up the youngest ever astronauts. I, I got all worked up about this. I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And then I looked and they were in their 30s. And oh. you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know when you're old, the astronauts start looking young. <laughs> like policemen. So, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, Beijing has pulled billions of dollars at the space programme in an effort to catch up with the United States and Russia. Oh, look that... at them. I bet he barely shaves. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> look at them. But yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, youngest ever astronauts for China. And you go, yeah, but come on, they're in their th- I think the oldest one's 48, and then it's like 35 and 33, respectively. And you're like, yeah, okay. Mm. I mean, 35 and 33 is pretty young, but I don't know. I mean, what, most what's that age most... for, the, for the guys who went up in the Apollo missions? Well, most of them are in their 30s, because yeah. uh, they're all in the 90s now. Yeah. The ones that are still alive are in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so there they go, and they've got a. Uh, In yeah, fact, of... one of them uh, just died. Uh, who was it? I think it was Jim McDivitt. I think has just died. Yeah, so he's the youngest ever to travel to the space station, though. There's the guy at 33 whose name I'm not even going to. Looks like Tang Hongbo. I said that wrong, I can only apologise. Because <laughs> obviously I'll be listening, you know, <laughs> the international space. What will I do on a Thursday night? I know, I'll put a hat and radio on. Um, <laughs> anybody want BB, Anybody want radio for? No, no, I'll put a hat on. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, yeah, that would be cool. Just if somebody listen, we could send them a mug. Get me take a mug up with them. That would be awesome. Right, um... And the last story for Space News. There we go. The last one is Airbus and Voyager have signed an agreement with the ESA on a Starlab commercial space station. They're going to put a space station up there, a European space station. 
for when the for when the ISS finally gives up the ghost. Well, um, looking at the picture and yeah, it does just like a big. It just looks like a big cylinder with a robot arm and four, four a uh, and yeah, four. It's, it's collector not really a patch panels. on the ISS. Is it? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it depends how big it is. Well, it depends how big it gets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's got a bit on the back where you could join something else on, but you know. I'm sure the ISS. In fact, it's, I can see another one at the bottom there as well. I must look into, uh, you know, what the planned uh, uh, decommission of the ISS is going to be. Because you've, you've put that huge truss up there and, yeah, all right, maybe the modules don't work and yeah. difficult to repair and all the rest of it. But surely, you know, you've got well, the ba basic gonna, infrastructure. I'm sure we did something about this in Space News not long ago, and I think it's getting into the Pacific. No, I know, but why would you drop the whole thing? Who knows? Anyway, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll I'll do a little bit of reading. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, they're going to sign an, agree sign an agreement with Voyager and Space Bus to study potential use of the company's Star Lab space station, commercial space station, hmm. as a successor to the International Space Station. And you go. Oh, it's a memorandum of understanding. Well, of course, it's a memorandum ah, well, of understanding. Go. Yeah. It's a it's an agree it's an agreement to agree. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, oh, they're home to it ready by 2028. That's not far off. That's five years. Mm. <laughs> well, we still be That's, doing... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, so it'll be up before two hot two messy ends. Yeah, very possibly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in Mars before two hot two messy ends. Um, so, yeah, it looks, it's all looking very good. Um, I think they're looking to get it up and get it doing stuff, and then they're going to try crewing it and things like that as well, which is all very good, but... I mean, it's got the basics. It's got a robot arm. It's got four collector panels. Ah, well, got a round go. bit that can so... have bits joined on to it. So yeah, it's all good. We could even spin that round bit to get a little semblance of gravity. Yeah. Well, you'd have to spin, spin it, it really fast. Pretty fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it looks look, quite small. <laughs> it does look like a washing machine tub. Yeah. Hmm. It does. Think, it, uh, it's got that kind of washing machine look about it, isn't it? What did, what but a nice of... washing machine, not a cheap washing machine. Well, no, I mean, no, it's it's uh, like like a whirlpool or something like that. I mean, you know, of something... course, that thing that thing on the end doesn't have a window, so you can see your. Like, you put a red sock in there with all your yeah. uh, white shirts. That's at the other side. Um, ah, Who do you think you put the powder in? Yeah, but it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't that's, look that's very big, it, does it? It no. doesn't look very big. If you look at the size of that wee bit on the side, well, size and see that down at the bottom left. If you think that's big enough for a person to pass through, it's probably not that bad. Actually, well, a person in, in a spacesuit. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> that's for going from one module to another. So you might that might be a person out of a spacesuit. The bit, the bit on the end, yeah, maybe. Well, you've but got I'm to thinking, get into it in the first place. So yeah, I'm thinking that wee bit down at the bottom is probably for when you've attached modules. You know when is, I when I go for a cup of tea later on, I'm going to be looking at the washing machine, thinking, I think my, "Would my shoulders fit through that door?" <laughs> Only one way to find out. Only one way to find out. Yes. <laughs> and then there's tea everywhere. You're getting shouted at. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think it's. Um, I think for what they they say that in space, because you're using because you're floating about effectively, you got a lot more space, or you feel that you've got a lot more space than you would have in a gravity environment. You know, microgravity, you can float a bit in that whole space. You can float a bit in any part of it, pretty much. So, yeah, it may be okay. And, of course, in, in space, nobody can hear you through the uh, 
Yeah. Through the hole. No, that looks good. I like it. It's nice and white and shiny. And that's what matters for space things. It's smooth, it'll be full of Jeffrey's tubes on the inside. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on? Yes, let's before. Uh, where do we go next? Oh! So we, we got a little message from David, uh, and he said, If pos, can we do a get well soon? Get well soon! Um, two rocks because apparently yes. she's proper broken oh dear yes he says it was it was a table maybe the rhino things embellished maybe week long stay in hospital oh Ooh. many titanium screws and pins and ouch oh jings Dang. but Roxy's been remotely updating everyone as to how Roxy is doing so nice. get well soon Rox yeah, yeah I'll, get I'll well be soon. better soon. Jesus, that sounds nasty. Hmm. Oh, Proper Ooh, we, uh, the, Proper. the other thing, uh, I've noticed it's not here. Um, Commander Cully has posted. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Who's unwrapping mm-hmm. sweets? Well, we've got enough for everybody. She's not unwrapping <laughs> them, she's wrapping them. <laughs> <laughs> she's had them open, she's had the light, and she's putting them all back now. Sorry, I for everyone. To, um, uh, to, to mute again. Right, I'm going um, away now. <laughs> Don't go too far because we've got the, go the mug far. winner. You're up, you're up next. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. When you yeah. hear the drum roll, come back. Um, yeah, Commander Cully has produced his final uh, model of the year for the December model. And it's the big Imperial capital ship. What are they called? Oh. Oh, in, uh, in, in, it's not interdict- is in, inter- interdictor. It's not interdictor. I think it's the yeah. interdictor, yeah. But it looks very nice. Um, it's the one with the spinny bit in the middle. The spinny bit on it, yeah. Yep. Um, is that where you put your washing? Anyway, um, yeah, it looks you want to well look nice. at that, go over to the Hutton Facebook page and you'll see pictures over there. It's pointless just trying to link to it because uh, Amelia's computer does not do Facebook. No, it doesn't like Facebook. No, but it, it's very impressive. It's and not so much my want... computer, it, it's more like the OBS. It's more like you. Totally <laughs> <Facebook>. <laughs> and... I think from memory, he's, uh, he's currently raised £750. So, uh, no, he's, he's targeting 750 Oh, sorry. He's about, I think he's about 600 I was going to say, because when we did the... I forgot, it was a Corvette, the last one, wasn't it? When yeah, we yeah. talked about the Corvette, which wasn't too long ago, maybe last week, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, he was at 591 So I thought, wow, he's uh, yeah. a lot of people wanted that Corvette. But yeah, <laughs> it's 750 Quid is uh, is is That's, really yeah. really well done. Yeah, and nice um, fundries and a nice way to do it through the year like that as well. So head over to uh, Facebook. Is there? I think there's a link to his just giving page. You can go there on is, there. There's a big massive link, and then if you scroll down past that, there's a link. Yep. The put your donations in. Page. Tell him you've entered, and uh, you might be lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh, la, 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 la. So, Flossie, are you back with us? Oh, it's a majestic class Imperial Interdictor. Yep, you, you ready for this week's mug winner? Are, oh. you, eating, are you eating sweets as you're talking? No. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you stuck it to the desk while you're doing the next bit? Stuck it behind her again. <laughs> are you ready, Flossie? <laughs> 
think you might be She's pressing the wrong button. still unsticking it. <laughs> You're hitting the wrong button, Flossie. Wrong keyboard. Flossie, are you there? Hello, Flossie. Hello. I think the sweetie's stuck the button to the uh, keyboard. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yay! There you are. Hello. Yay! Oh, honestly. Are I you ready? I this pressure talk. Right. <laughs> yes. This week's mug winner is... Esivor. Yeah, it's like yeah. the, the Something Viking like word Aesir, which is yeah. uh, which is what they Esir-vor. use for their Aesir. Uh, yeah, with vor on the end. Aesirvor. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. They were mentioned earlier, so, weren't they? Yes, yeah. but it was pronounced badly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, no, it was pronounced badly I several times. Foreign words badly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not foreign, I'm English. <laughs> you are you are if you go somewhere abroad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. He's the word. I'm going old Swedish chef, I better stop. Uh, do we have a word of the week? Yes, we do. Oh. Well, first we better tell. Ears first of all, we better verb. tell them how to how to get it. Oh yes, yeah, that's yes. important. Yeah, please is... email. Oh. I took part at huttonorbital dot com with proof of who you are, your name, address, etc., and uh, a screenshot of your ship cockpit showing your name. Yes, and, and then, a contact phone number. And a contact phone number. For yes. shipping updates. We won't phone you on it. We won't, we won't do this stuff. Just, right. well, I, I might. No, I won't. Um, so uh, just let's just send you shipping updates and things like that. A lot of them need a, a number as a contact for the, the shipping. Okay, okay, then. Right. Yep. So do we have a word of the week? Yes, we do. What of the week is Doc and Doris. Oh, what Doc does that mean? and Doris. It's a last drink, a parting drink, or a drink for the road. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Just you watch me. <laughs> Cecil promised this was just a wee Doc and Doris, but six gens later, it was clear he wasn't leaving any time soon. Well, until the uh, until the cougars arrived. <laughs> so that's actually a hyphenated word, Doc hyphen and hyphen Doris. Doris. Yes. Yep. Hmm. I do like a, a good hyphenated word. A good hyphenated word like that, yeah. I'm mm. not sure where it comes from, though, but the origins are, but it's quite quite a it's, nice wee word. Sounds a bit Scottish. It does sound a bit Scottish, doesn't it? We should like this one twice as much, because we've got two hyphens. I know, it's double right? double the hyphenage. Double the hyphenage. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to continue? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I'm moving on now. Why did the anteater electrician get a shock? Uh not Jeff. You he can't didn't. See he Jeff. didn't. He didn't cross his cross his streams. No, because they failed to follow basic safety protocols and the current aardvarks. Aardvark! Aardvark! Well, I guess that means that uh, we're all done with the banter, and and we have Flossie coming up with the CG news. Are you ready, Flossie? Uh, yes, somebody. Here we go. It's flossy. It's flossy. It's flossy. 
here with this week's CG News. There were no CGs last week. There were no CGs this week. Hopefully something next week. And that's it for this week's CG News. Lassie told you what to do. <laughs> Mia. I was so busy typing, I couldn't find the unmute button. <laughs> Blah! I knew it was me. Seamless. See, I, oh, I, I'm glad God. I'm not the only one making mistakes tonight. Well, we're only we're only trying to make it. You know, we're trying to keep it. So David's high, we're trying to keep it to David's high standard, don't we? While he's not here, you're just making me feel better. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, well, anyway, now finally, it's time for Beetlejuice and Wellspoon with the Galnet News Digest. Eventually. <laughs> Galnet News Digest, 9th of November 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this episode, we look back at this time last year, the time when we were all watching points of light moving across the sky. On 30th of August last year, commanders had their first sight of a new moving star. But it was unlike any star seen before. Radiating a helix of light, this star and seven more that were sighted over the coming weeks were travelling towards the human-inhabited bubble, and their malevolent intent was readily apparent. The coming of these wandering stars, which came to be known as rogue signal sources or stargoids, followed the failed attempt by Azimuth Biotech under its genocidal head, Dr. Caleb Wycherley, also known as the Witch, and as Salvation to eliminate the Thargoids using Guardian technology coupled to a crashed Thargoid mothership, a weapon they called the Proteus Wave. The idea was that the Proteus Wave would shut down Thargoid technology, leaving their ships helpless and allowing Azimuth to harvest the alien technology for their own ends. It didn't go well. Instead of being rendered helpless, the Thargoids were revitalised, far more aggressive than ever before, capable of disabling Guardian technology and bringing the fight to any commander who dared to stray into Thargoid territory. At first, these newly empowered Thargoids restricted themselves to the HIP-22460 system, but their cry for help in the moments after the Proteus wave was fired was answered from somewhere in the Core 70 sector and those rogue signal sources were part of the answer. At first the signal sources could only be identified visually. Then they became audible when using the full-spectrum scanner. After the Pilots' Federation had installed a free upgrade, we could finally identify and range these RSSs. They were moving unbelievably fast, and they were heading towards us. 
A peace movement, possibly motivated by feelings of guilt at our attempt to wipe the Thargoids out, attempted to communicate with the first of these Stargoids, known as Tyrannus. Their peace convoy, led by the megaship Kingfisher, intercepted Tyrannus in the Hyades sector YO-Q B5-1 system. The mission was not a success. If you need occupied escape pods, the wreck of the Kingfisher remains an excellent source of pre-packaged, peace-loving humans. And then, on the 29th of November 3308, Rogue signal source Tyrannus arrived in the Hyades Sector FB-NB7-6 system. It deployed a vast navy of Thargoid interceptors and scouts to take over neighbouring systems. Humanity was driven out, with the Thargoids capturing tens of thousands of prisoners. Over the next two weeks, the remaining seven Stargoids arrived, creating an arc of Thargoid-controlled systems around one side of human-occupied space, the so-called maelstroms, vast clouds of corrosive gas that appeared in the eight Stargoid systems, were later found to surround the eight Thargoid motherships from which the invasion was coordinated. Those events were a year ago. Some progress has been made towards driving the Thargoids out of the systems they initially seized. But the Thargoid motherships remain mysterious, and as far as we can tell, they are invulnerable. A year on, we cannot claim with any confidence that we're capable of driving the Thargoids out and reclaiming our homes. And that was the start of the Thargoid invasion. It will all be over by Christmas. We're sure. Thank you, Commanders Beetle Jude and Wotherspoon. And uh, normally I'd say over to Amelia for Garnet Rare's digest, but looks like there isn't one tonight. No, not tonight. Nice, nice <laughs> relaxed night, because I'm doing all the button yeah. pushing, you see, and I've already messed that up. Um, it's very <laughs> stressful. You've got nothing to lose now. <laughs> got, got nothing to lose. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That is, uh, that is pretty much it for tonight. Nice, nice, easy night. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you'll be able to go and watch an extended edition of Lord of the Rings now. Of course, my job doesn't end yet. My, my job continues after the show's over because I've yeah. got to do all the buttony stuff and the recording stuff and the editing oh, stuff. Yeah. And, and the upping and loading. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, Valkarius, I have not watched that video yet because I have all the button pushing stuff on my screens at the moment. Yeah. You don't have to do all the uploading stuff and the, all that stuff. I mean, I mean, David doesn't. The the technical term is the beep beep boop stuff. Beep beep boop boop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The remuxing. The remuxing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, oh, and Garnet Garnet uh, Digest just appeared on my phone as a wee notification from um, from YouTube, so it's been uploaded on YouTube as well. It's gone live. Ah. Right. Nice. There we are. Yeah. On that note. <laughs> mm. 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 
Yes, yes, dead meat. I have to de-seam. Yes. Before I'm allowed to finish. He did say something <laughs> earlier that was very rude, I thought. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he I said, missed it. He said, parking the pink wafer sounds well kinky. Oh, God. Parking <laughs> the pink wafer sounds well <laughs> Parking the P-Wap sounds well, Kinky. <laughs> I, I, must well. I must admit, I've used the, the moderation software more times tonight than <laughs> all on Dead Meat than I've ever used in any week. Mm. <laughs> Keeps flagging up going. How many, how many different ways can you, can you ban the word boobs? I got a, a misogyny warning twice. Misogyny warning? <laughs> 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 I went, oh, ah, it's Dead Meat. It's just like that. Yeah, it's just what? the would anyone like to do the end of show for the mug? Ellen, you like doing it. You like shouting at people. Come on. Uh, I'm, I'm on my own, I suppose. You're <laughs> very good at it. Wake the neighbours up. <laughs> you ready? Yep, okay. For the mug. For the mug. Journey too long, a cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody's seen the trucker song. Flossy always seems to crash into the sun. Skibbleized the pilot on the Xbox One. Having out the free, you know, it leads us well. Truck across the galaxy now, everybody yeah For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody's 